We are here with Tim Verdine. It's a great honor to be with you. Thank you. Uh, so I thought we'd start the conversation by learning about you, what sure. your role here is, and, and then dig into some, some of the exciting work that right. you're, you're focusing on. So I'm a clinical psychologist, and I work with children, and I work with kids with a variety of issues, uh, behavior disorders, ADHD, and anxiety. And I love the work that I do, um, but I can only see so many kids and there are only so many people like me doing that work. Um, and I came to become interested in technology in child mental health care basically for two reasons. First of all, only about 20% of uh, children with significant mental health issues ever get any kind of help in this country. And that number is even lower in other countries. Uh, so there's a huge gap in access to care. Uh, and children who do get care very infrequently get evidence-based care. Or their parents very infrequently get evidence-based guidance or information. So there's a massive yeah. access gap huge to start. Yeah, and I mean, that would be a big enough problem. But one of the reasons why we are so poor at giving evidence-based care to children is we also have a huge gap in knowledge in terms of the sorts of uh, things that help uh, the problems that kids have, and we, in some cases, know very little about those problems. Mm -hmm. So there's another gap that exists. And uh, when I started to look into how technology could help with that, um, I, my interest was really in how technologies, particularly mobile technology, can be a tool in closing those gaps. So let's let's talk about that because you're mm -hmm. you're practicing. Right. Um, you come from the clinician's perspective. Right. And what was the genesis of thinking about how technology could sure. could solve these gaps? Well, there are a few, um, but I would say the most recent um, kind of realizations I've had were I work with children and I work with teenagers and I work with young adults. And I've seen in my own life and in theirs and in the life of my three children that I have myself, um, just an incredible um, change in how tech, especially mobile tech, has changed the way these kids interact with the world. It's changed the way that they get information. It changes how they move through the world, how they navigate their world, how they talk with each other. The only place where that's not happening is in the work I'm trying to do with them, mm. as far as I can tell. Mm. Um, and uh, getting information out of the families and kids I work with, we still use very outdated methods of doing that. Um, and it just feels to me like we're very late to the game in an area that's crucial to get right. And uh, where that happened for me initially was in tracking the effects of the treatment that I and others in my department give kids. So my first area um, that I went into with several of my colleagues um, was in trying to use digital methods of tracking psychiatric outcomes. So me measurement. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And that's interesting to me, but it's not particularly innovative because it's essentially taking approaches to assessing problems and digitizing them, right? Um, where I'm moving now with uh, Dr. Egger and others in Wonder Lab at, in our Department of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry is in really looking at innovative methods of gathering information beyond just putting paper and pencil methods onto uh, websites or into apps, like looking at ways of using things like computer vision, natural language processing, machine learning, and creating games that gather information on the problems we're trying to understand and treat. And it's so interesting. We've all as consumers been 
reading in the news so much about how advertising companies, social networks, sure. everyday devices that we all use are, are using these methods and methodologies for, I guess, selling ads, sure, right. behavior change. Right. And it sounds like you all are using these same methods in ways to try to do good right. Right. Uh, and, and study and, and treat and improve access. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a very that's a very good point. Um, and I would say the two reasons why we feel that as child psychiatrists and psychologists, we're the ones to be doing this work are, number one, obviously, this is our knowledge base. This is where we have the expertise to be looking into and trying to solve these problems. But number two is directly related to that observation, which is that we really feel that as caretakers of the most vulnerable kids, it's our duty to make sure that the way that technology is used to try to understand these problems is ethical mm. and transparent and collaborative. So let's talk about some examples of some of the work you guys are doing mm -hmm. um, and you know, maybe some of the apps that you've sure. been building and, and that'd be helpful to share. Right. So we're developing a, a platform called When to Wonder, which is designed for parents of young children, specifically kids ages two to seven. And we wanted to build a platform that was going to do a couple of things. First of all, um, we're really very interested in advancing our understanding of child mental health care, or child mental health rather, and the development of uh, emotional functioning, behavioral functioning in young kids um, in a variety of areas. Certainly as clinicians and researchers, we're very interested in kids with severe problems in their emotional and behavioral development. But we also know that many parents and many kids struggle with lesser uh, versions of those problems, with lesser severity. And so we really wanted to look at domains of functioning in childhood where whether you have severe, um, unusually severe issues with something like restrictive eating or temper tantrums, or whether you and your parent are struggling with an average to slightly above average amount of those things, there's a lot of knowledge that we can deliver to those families that can help them, and there's a lot we still have to learn about those things. So we decided rather than diagnose or treat specific problems with an app, we wanted to look at these areas of functioning in childhood in general, looking at the full distribution from parents who might be dealing with a phase of picky eating or of tantrums mm -hmm. in their child to parents who have a more moderate and pretty disturbing level of difficulty with those areas to families where a child has severe issues. And there could be also the perception or context of the parent... Absolutely. projecting on or, or whatever. Most it's certainly. like, how do you know? Yeah. And that's why when we're looking at assessing these issues uh, with the apps that we're building, we're also looking at assessing attending factors, mm -hmm. family stress, the resources a family might have to cope with things, the child's anxiety, uh, developmental issues such as sensory sensitivities or oromotor difficulties. So for example, we're building an app right now that's looking to research picky eating in young children. And Pretty much everybody that we've spoken to so far, including people in my own family, have said, well, we have picky eaters in our family. But well, that means many things to different people. Yes. Uh, but food is really important to families, to people in general, to kids. And having difficulty getting your kid to eat something that you cooked, that you paid for, can create a lot of family stress, no matter how severe the problem mm. objectively is. But the subjective experience that a family has is something we're really interested in. So walk us into the future. Um, what are the outcomes? Where do you sure. see things going? Where do you hope things go right. uh, with this marriage with 
technology to solving the access sure. gap and knowledge gap that you talk about? So the ideal, I think, that our team has discussed is to create essentially a two-way marketplace of information. We as professionals, as clinicians, as researchers, we know a lot of information that can help families of young children. And we would like to build a place where we can deliver that, where we can tailor that based on what we're learning about families. We also hope that we build those things in a way that is beautiful and fun and engaging so that families and children want to use the apps that we create. And the reason for that is that we're hoping that those interactions provide us with a wealth of information and knowledge about the problems we're trying to learn more about and, and to help treat, right? So the idea long-term that we'd really like to see is that that becomes iterative for each user. So each user that interacts with our product not only initially gets some value out of it and provides us with some information, but hopefully comes back and engages it over time so we can start to see how the issues they're dealing with might change over time, and they can use that as a sort of diary of their child's development. So we get a broad number of people using our apps. And where, um, where can sure. parents or people learn more about how to get access to, to sure. these? So currently we have uh, Picky Eating is an app that's in its alpha version. It's being tested by a small number of known users. We're going to be doing beta testing this summer, mm -hmm. and we're inviting a larger number of people to participate in that. We hope to launch both in the Apple App Store and in Google Play for Android devices later this fall. Well, thank you for the work that you're, sure you're doing, and, and look, uh, look forward to seeing that, that future uh, for the good of many kids and, and young people around the world. Thanks. Great talking to you.